Thank you, Jamie. Tenakoto Tefana o Oakland Unitarian. Tenakoto na Manuhiri. Nao mai haere mai. Kitene fare karakia o te atua. Tenakoto tenatato kato. We welcome you into the space made sacred by Auckland Unitarians for over 120 years. This includes those of you who are joining us online or those who may be watching this at a later date. My name is Ruby and I will be leaving the service today. For those of you in the building with us, please join us after the service for morning tea. It is our sacrament of hospitality. Today's opening words are by Laura Wallace. As frozen earth holds the determined seed, the sacred space holds our weariness, our worry, our laughter, and our celebration. Let us bring seed and soul into the light of thought, the warmth of community, and the hope of love. Let us see together, hear together, love together. Let us worship. We're at chalice lighting already, my goodness. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote this and I don't even know what, what's coming up. Pick on someone to light the chalice. Uh, Kate, sat nearest to me. Today's chalice lighting words are by Amy Carroll Webb. We light this flame for the art of sacred unknowing, humbled by all that we cannot fathom in this time. We come into the presence of what we do know, perhaps the only thing we can ever know. That love is now and forever, the only answer to everything and everyone in every moment. Now, please join me in reciting the covenant of our congregation when it's up there. Just give us a moment. You got it. Love is the doctrine of this church. Today's reading is by Margaret Weiss. This recipe has been tweaked over time, so adjust as necessary. Sometimes it yields more servings than anticipated. Sometimes it needs a bit more of this ingredient or that. It comes from generations who have gone before me, and I've added my own flavor along the way. A recipe for resilience. One part courage, two parts tears of failure and doubt, one part deep listening, one part, each of both silence and laughter. A dash of trust, a pinch of wonder, a heaping scoop of naps and snacks. In a separate bowl, mix together family, friends, and those who challenge you to be your best self, those with whom you disagree. Add slowly to the larger pot. Add a bay leaf for, well, whatever it is bay leaves do and let's let simmer for as long as you need, which is often longer than you realize or anticipate. Keep the heat at an even temperature, hot enough to cook throughout, but not so hot it burns the bottom. Can be served at room temperature, warm or even cold if necessary. Serve alongside your favorite soft blanket 
dog, cat, or other soft item. Make often, share with others, hold on to the leftovers. You'll need them after a long day that challenges your soul. Our speaker today is Mary Ellen Warren. Mary Ellen and her husband John call Ahuriri Napier their home. They became Unitarian Universalists in Toronto, Canada in 1992. In Toronto, Mary Ellen was active in the kitchen and in fostering a partner church relationship with Bartok Bella Unitarian Church in Budapest. The Sea of Faith became Mary Ellen's spiritual home on returning to New Zealand in 2008. She is grateful to participate in Auckland Unitarian worship via Zoom. Kia tata. Ko Mary Ellen Warren Tokoinoa, no Canada, oke tipuna, keri anoho o ki ahariri. So, good morning. Thank you for having me. My name's Mary Ellen. I'm originally from Canada. That's my mountain, the Canadian Shield. Um, and here I am in Ahariri, Napier. And I'm speaking to you today about World Polio Day. In a true Unitarian fashion, we're celebrating it slightly afterwards. It was October 24th, but close is sometimes good enough. Now, if we can go over to the slides, I'd like to introduce you to me, first of all, and then former me. So there I am today. And um, I had polio. That's why it's of interest to me and why I'd like to share a little bit with you. So next slide, please. That's me. That's 1952, and it's probably October 52. I'm in a ward with eight others. Um, the uh, hospital is called Hospital for Sick Children uh, in Toronto, but they kindly took those of us who were polios to a separate uh, building, a separate remote location. Um, the isolation area, the, the rehabilitation, which was done at a town called Thistletown. So I recovered from the virus um, in as much as um, there were moments when maybe I wasn't going to. I was actually taken to hospital in a hearse. Okay, so the hearse was handy because... In terms of infection, uh, it was probably better to carry people who were infectious around in hearses than it was to put them in ambulances. So I have no regrets about going in a hearse for the sake of the community. But I was a little seven-year-old and scared to death, and I died. And so I at the time had lots of nightmares. Young kids sometimes get horrible nightmares. And so I thought, this isn't actually death. This is not a hearse. I'm just dreaming this. It's a nightmare. And so if I pinch myself, 
I'll wake up. It'll be all over. And so I pinched myself pretty well the whole hour that it took me to get to hospital. So that was a bad dream. It didn't work. It was soon a long struggle bit by bit. The picture shows some people in the background, uh, two people huddled over their child. And off to the side, you can see my mom dressed for the occasion. She wasn't going to be knocked back by this. She was going to make the most of it. So she dressed for the occasion and um, brought positivity. I don't know whether you realize it, but um, if someone comes into your room to visit you and they're crying, it's actually a setback for you. Come into the room, put on a show for the person, no matter how sick they are, it actually does a good deed. So this was me. And now I'm going to switch one more slide on. Um, this was how I got home. It wasn't in the hearse, after all. Um, it was in a Cadillac. Um, it didn't belong to my family. We didn't have a car. But over the three months I was in hospital, friends took my parents from their small town to the big city hospital. And it would be maybe different friends every week. Um, but joy of joy, they connived that on my final ride home, I'd go in a Cadillac. Now leave the Cadillac there for a minute, and I'm just going to diverge into a little bit of religious talk. So a study uh, by a Canadian scholar uh, resulted in interviewing families of polio victims. And she found a, a correlation between religion and approaches to wellness. What she found was that those of a Protestant religion tended to tell their children, get over it. It's it's just a little trial, get on with it, get better. Those same families often didn't let on to fellow family members or neighbors what was going on. They often kept it very quiet. And since coming to New Zealand, I've had encounters with a number of friends who've said, well, actually, I did have the polio flu, but of course it went away. Or they say, I actually had poliomyelitis. I didn't have polio. So there's a fair amount of, I'll call it Protestant, get on with it. You're, you're, you're going to go through life by how you make it. Now, I came from a Catholic home. So the approach of the Catholic faith is, according to this scholar, different. It is, you're going to suffer no matter what. You were born in sin. You are a sinner. Okay, you can suffer here on earth or you can suffer in purgatory, but you're going to suffer. Wow. So it turns out it was really good to suffer as a young kid. It was a positive thing. You were suffering. Great. And so 
parents didn't feel under the gun. They felt, wow, I'm lucky. I've got a kid that's going straight up there. And so this Cadillac belonged to a Catholic family. And so my family connived to uh, have friends support them. And maybe part of the reason was this belief that um, uh, maybe you can um, have ups and downs in life, but you're actually uh, going to work it out with some bartering system at the pearly gates. So don't worry about it. Get on with it. Now, there's one last lesson in the Cadillac. I was actually chuffed, although I was on um, uh, crutches and could barely get into the car. Wow, was I chuffed to see this beautiful vehicle. Meanwhile, my poor sister, three years younger than I, I was seven at the time, so she's just four, was on her third vomit. She was a car sickness person. Now, the reason I raise this is it's so much easier to have a disability that's evident. It's so much easier to go with a crutch and be patted on the back or taken care of. But for many people, it's just not the case. There's no outward sign. And those people like my sister with the car sickness are going to suffer and not get much support at all. In, in me writing to her about this, she said, if only they'd invented the paper bag or the plastic bag in those days. But boy, my poor mom used to go through heaps of towels. <laughs> so um, there's uh, progress, right? We've got plastic bags and throw up uh, bags now. So next one, please. Okay, so I was a young kid at home having had polio and um, you start to listen. I, I wasn't back at school, so maybe listening to the radio books would come to the home. And lo and behold, I was so fortunate to have someone as a role model. And it was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. He supposedly had had polio and had lived with the repercussions. He's always shown sitting down. Um, but you can see he was solving uh, the problems of the world. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt, I'll just move back, 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 there, there we go, also contributed to something called the March of Dimes, which was money coming in to support polio victims and to work on the science. So I have to say that I was really blessed to be in a world where the stage was set for being able to sit down and still be heard. Okay, next one. This is slightly tangential, but I think this is the time to bring it up. This is a decorated Vietnam veteran, double leg amputee. And so come um, my uh, intermediate period, I got back on my feet on crutches and then able to walk. But there were still some of us in wheelchairs and hobbling along. Lo and behold, um, the US government 
recognized the role that its veterans had played in, quote, saving freedom. And so um, they just got with it and decided that they would make America accessible. And that meant for uh, uh, building design, uh, layout of uh, shops, stores, theaters, washrooms, the whole works. It didn't happen by uh, people being nice. It happened by regulation that all of a sudden the Americans made their country accessible and it's thanks to the vets. I really am pleased. So um, this is an example of where dignity was restored to these people through regulation. They, they were going to be able to get on with their lives as best as possible. So I'm uh, forevermore grateful to the vets for um, their um, what they went through and then for the American people to get on board with providing for disabled people. And I would bring in a slight Unitarian tinge to this here. I think the Unitarian principle about the inherent worth and dignity of each individual person is important. This recognized that this person had dignity, had worth, and put back into the system. Okay, next one, please. So I wasn't alone in um, being a young Canadian with polio. One year earlier, Neil Young was in the same hospital I was with polio, and it resulted in his song, Helpless. So if you're ever tuning in, um, you might be interested in that. Also, you might be interested that Neil in COVID days has taken a stand. He um, had his music on Spotify, as I think the whole world does, but he chose to pull back because he felt Spotify had become the um, anti-vax central, that one of its uh, promoters was an anti-vaxxer, and Neil just couldn't um, abide by having this surreptitiously introduced to you through your media. So he and next person, next slide, um, Joni Mitchell, both signed off on Spotify. They said, no thanks, um, we're out of here. You're, you're promoting disinformation on vaccination. Um, you're, you're not helping us one little bit. Um, Joni is also a Canadian. She didn't go to the same hospital I did. She was a bit ahead of me. But um, luckily, she sort of was the um, uh, face of post-polio, meaning you got better as a polio person, and then you didn't. You got instant aging. And so she's been very good in um, recognizing that she's not going further and faster, that she's in a special category altogether. So I'm really pleased that uh, she's able to um, support uh, polios openly. Next one, please. Now, 
polio isn't just here and now, and it's not all about me. And I took a great deal of comfort in this. The, can you see the, the little leg, the little uh, leg on the fellow in his crutch? So this goes all the way back to, let me check my date here, 1500 BC, and this is in Egypt. So polio was with us for a long time, and it came and went. There were waves of it. Um, and uh, it, it looked that it was with us, and we, we were going to have to deal with it. So next one, whoops, okay. This is, sorry, it didn't work out quite as well as I'd hoped, but this says that in New Zealand, um, in this moves back to 1950s and on, there were 10,000 cases of polio. And overall, um, 8,000 of, 8,000, I believe, deaths associated with it. Lots of, things happened here in New Zealand. We had a saving grace, which was called the Duncan Foundation. I don't know whether we've heard of that group, but it's there in Wanganui, and it helped many uh, with their polio rehabilitation. It introduced the lovely Sister Kenny approach, which was lots of water and warmth. So this is the symbol of Polio New Zealand, and you've got the website there if you want to catch up with it. Next one, please. This is Polio New Zealand today. We are a group of people all with polio. Thanks to funding through the Duncan Foundation, we are able to Zoom um, two times on Monday. So some of us are free Monday morning, some Monday afternoon. Um, some uh, then go on on Tuesday to a uh, exercise class. And you'd laugh at the exercise class. I do it sitting down. But these are the people from all parts of New Zealand. There are the South Islanders, North Islanders. Um, and uh, we've, we've got this togetherness. Our topics sometimes are health related. Sometimes they're interesting topics. There are a couple of us that have worked with First Nations or Aboriginal people. So often you'll find that someone who's had a disability, a polio, is more open to somebody who is not in the mainstream. And so surprisingly, we've had talks on the Aboriginal people in Australia as to their um, way forward. So when you're down, sometimes you look around you and share your concern for those who are disadvantaged. Okay, the next one, please. Okay, um, I've had it all about people up till now, but I'm getting on to science. This is the Salk Institute in California. Um, it's an architectural wonder, uh, but also it celebrates um, the uh, founding of the um, inactivated polio uh, vaccine, the Salk vaccine. It was replaced by the Sabin vaccine, which is an activated one. But um, science is like that. It's push and shove. Uh, I've chosen to highlight this approach. It's a uh, an example where people, scientists come from all parts of the world. 
they study in their labs and go to their library, but they also have an orange grove. So somehow, somewhere, science recognizes that all the um, fine human elements are actually encased in this planet, that the science is icing on the cake, so to speak. Next one, please. So um, we're getting to it uh, in our uh, Unitarian um, uh, mission. We're interested in world community. And lo and behold, it was a goal to eradicate polio, not just here for me, but for everywhere. And so you may be aware that the World Health Organization has solicited um, people, uh, funding from Bill and Melinda Gates, people from the Rotary. And the goal is to vaccinate every last child in the world. Sometimes we get close. Um, we got really close in Pakistan and Afghanistan. And then there was a mistake made, which was they used the polio vaccinators to be the spies to find Osama bin Laden. And so when Osama was brought down, killed, um, the community rose up and started to kill the vaccinators. So we have a fairly high death rate uh, among polio vaccinators. It even swept into um, Africa, the, the same um, feeling of distrust. But um, we continue. Um, next one, please. Yes. So why all this purple business? Purple, can you see the little child there with the finger held up? The the immunization is given in these villages, we'll say in Pakistan, and they try and round up every child. And they, when they're vaccinated with the Sabin, they're given a purple dye on their finger. And it's the way the immunizers have of recognizing that that child's been vaccinated, but that one hasn't, bring it over. And I, I tell you, this is really uh, heavy going. There's no if, and, or but about it grab that child as well. So um, that's the reason for the purple. Um, it's a kind of celebration in terms of Rotary recognizing the significance of the global fight. So it verges on the interdependent web. Got it? Like who would think of being connected to somebody in Pakistan? Well, you are through Rotary or support for the World Health Organization immunization. It's interdependent. Okay, last one, please. Now, this is me uh, with my latest talk. Uh, I gave a talk to the Terradale U3A photography group. And it was a way of saying to them, um, we're still here as polio survivors. We really think that immunization is a good way to go. And sometimes I add in another part, which is to remain cautious as well. Um, there's nothing better than what they did with COVID, which was checking the sewage for traces of the virus. So I say, 
Number one, vaccinate. Number two, keep a level of uh, surveillance on your water system. Yes, I, I hate to say it, I've become a, a three waters person. So now I'd just like to um, end with a little bit of life with uh, a disability. And I've got two examples. Um, one is a trip I took to Iguazu Falls in Brazil. So when you have polio and you know that you're going to wind down before long, you make every effort to get out there, get out in the world. And so Iguazu Falls was on my bucket list, number one. Born near Niagara Falls, but let's go see Iguazu Falls. What do you think? In the hotel, there's only one in Brazil near the falls because it's in the middle of the jungle. In the, in the hotel, the disability room is the best room in the hotel. The best view, the best arrangement. And I've actually slept in a room where Margaret Thatcher slept. Okay, so there's a good example of having a disability and you can be treated beautifully. I'll give you one other example. Um, back in Canada, Canada is very nuclear. Um, I went to see a, a nuclear reactor that was just about to be commissioned, big reactor there. They're getting ready to put the fuel rods into it. They weren't going to do it till next week, but lo and behold, it's all ladders up and down and I couldn't go there. And so I said, I I'm hoping I can get a tour. And they said, we have an elevator. So they took us to the back of the nuclear reactor and there was the elevator. And lo and behold, it was designed to be as big as the nuclear pod, the fuel rod that goes into the nuclear reactor. I was there in an elevator where nuclear fuel rods go. So how good was that being disabled in an elevator of nuclear ilk? So overall, I my goal to you is to be aware of polio as a uh, something not quite gone, but that the approach we take to it can be a model. And the approach we take to it is inclusiveness. We keep everybody who's disabled in our ken. We try and work on a world community, not just about me. I'm not getting going to get better till the last person does. And then the interdependent web of all existence, because it's that that keeps these viruses in going or not going. So um, I hope that I've added a little bit of um, personal impetus to you to be aware. And I want to thank my people who helped me get this on the road. Thanks to Ted. Thank you, Ted. Uh, to Paul, somewhere you're hiding, Paul, but you're only one click away. And to Ruby. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you very much for that, um, Mary Ellen. I realised at the start I should have said that, it, that the theme of today was polio. It was very eccentric, just giving polio facts about Joni Mitchell before the Koha song. 
for no apparent reason. <laughs> it's the folly of knowing what's coming up and not telling everyone else. Um, no, that was really interesting, um, and I'm glad you brought up FDR, um, because FDR's story with polio, I think, is interesting because most people's stories are of having it as a child, whereas FDR caught it as, an, as a successful adult already. He caught it as part of his political career. He was doing the whole shaking hands, kissing babies thing, and he caught it off of a um, group of Boy Scouts. Um, and so he faced not having a life that was initially shaped by polio, but having to reshape his adult life around that and, and concluding, I'm not going to be able to be a politician, I'm not going to be able to go ahead with this, and then becoming president. Um, but to get to that point, he had to um, buy a, a health spa in Georgia. Um, and he owned a health spa with hot, hot pools and everything in Georgia for the rest of his life, where he'd go and, and they do um, polio recovery on children and stuff, which I think is a really interesting story. And um, by the time he was taking the Democratic nomination, he was standing, but he, you can see his son is holding his arm to keep him standing. And later when he would do his speeches in, uh, in Congress, he'd have a leg, a leg brace on to be able to keep him up. Um, but yeah, fascinating life. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. Our closing words are by Roddy Biggs. Friends, Thank you for your witness to all that exist in the margins. Thank you for your commitment to hold yourselves and one another in great and steadfast love. Moving forward from this space, may we continue to nurture spiritual growth. May we continue to travel along the winding path to healing from whatever brokenness we individually and collectively hold, knowing that we do not journey this path alone. <laughs>